Welcome, 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 podcast listeners. It is episode number 273 of the Fret Talk Podcast. You are here with your host and proud owner of 1,500 subs on YouTube, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. That's me. Yeah! Woo! Oh, you're the man! Woo! We love you! <laughs> I imagine that's what all, all like 1,500 people would be doing if they were in a room and not just <laughs> digits on a computer screen. Absolutely. We'll find Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I mean, I know that definitely one of them is me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be doing that if i was in a room with me um but <laughs> you're also here with your another host aka mr mac wine say hi matt hi matt yeah, he mm. did the thing yeah like this is classic fret talk this isn't it classic this is fret talk. back back the old school indeed uh we are going solo together solo yeah. together yeah, we do. We're we're a duo this week. Yeah, there is no. There's we're no. We're definitely league. not doing a duet. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll do the Dolly Parton bits. You can be Kenny Rogers. Okay, I don't know who that is. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> of course, I know who Kenny Rogers is. He's the one who knows when to hold them, right? He does. He, he knows when to hold them. He knows when to fold them as well. I imagine. Sounds like, sounds like a good poker player. <laughs> well, he knows how to poker as well. By the sounds of it. <laughs> Wee. Oh, this is definitely like the old times. <laughs> that isn't, it is. Uh, we were talking last week about like the inappropriateness of um, uh, of the Friedman amps. And then we just opened this podcast like this. So, <laughs> so hypocrisy, thy name is budget pedal chap. Hey ho! Right, so let's start a podcast. Let's let's do it. Um, yeah. So, Ma, how are you? I'm good, thank you very much. How are you? I mean, we are both wrapped up in the warmest of warm things. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, well, it's, there's a, there's a massive energy crisis. The gas prices have plummeted through the floor for gas companies, but gone through the roof for consumers. So, I'm not putting my heating on. I, in fact, it was up to me. We would have cancelled our heating, and <laughs> but apparently then the missus wants to have hot water so she can wash the dishes, and it just you know we have we have company round. You can't not heat the house any time. That's it. But what, if it was up what, to me, why can't we give people paper plates? <laughs> like yeah, fuck it, fuck the environment. So yeah, I'm I'm here in my in my girlfriend's giant fluffy fleece. I, I don't really know what it, it's not. It's not a jumper because it unpops at the sides and becomes like a kimono kind of like it's basically it's a a, a blank a fluffy blanket with yeah. a hood in the middle and a hole in the head that you can button the sides there. Yeah, yeah. Mine, mine is called an Udi, which I didn't Ooh. know that I was missing in my life uh, until my mum found a discount code for their official website and bought everyone <laughs> in the family one. And we thought she was mad last year. We'd be like, why would we need this? But like, <laughs> as per usual, she was correct. Yeah. So like, we're, we are all reaping the benefits this year, sitting in these hoodies, which is a very similar thing. It's basically like an oversized hoodie that's made out of blanket. Yeah. Um, so, so my partner also has one of those, which she's been wearing tonight before yeah. she went to bed. But yeah, like, again, giant oversized hoodie, with this kind of fluffy material on the inside and a, just a different colour version on the outside. And yeah, just 
massively oversized. Yeah, yeah. Like traps traps all of the heat. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you were being picky, you would say sometimes gets you a little too warm. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> in in situations like we are at the moment where like energy bills are just they're just a no go. Like my missus said said this evening, like, oh, we should put the heating on, it's getting that cold. And I pointed to the Oodies that we'd got and just <laughs> shook my head. Uh, so this is where we are. Yep. I mean, what's probably going to happen over the next couple of weeks when I release uh, a video for Pedal Boards of Doom, you'll probably see part of the video I'll be in this Udi. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's too cold not to. Yeah. I mean, it's going to go one of two ways. You're either going to see me sat in an Udi or you're going to see my nipples. One of the two. <laughs> so, I yeah. mean, by all means, like the, follow the internet f- can decide. Yeah, follow. Yeah, fo- do, get a poll on the channel. Yeah, <laughs> what would you rather see, me and Udi or my nipples? <laughs> Why not both? Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, fuck! Like we are. This is yeah. This is a podcast already. This isn't it. <laughs> right, I'm going to start us off this week. I reckon. So, as I mentioned at the at the foot of the podcast, I have reached the milestone of one thousand five hundred YouTube followers, which is quite an achievement. It is. It took me so fucking long to get to one thousand. This next five hundred has actually been quite quite quick. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of uh, a lot of momentum building on the the budget pedal chap YouTube channel, which is really really cool. Like, it's all of that hard work over the past like. I think the, the channel's been going for about four or five years, but like the, the when it got serious is when when I struck oil with the uh, No Talk or Tone series, <laughs> which has been just over three years now. It's cool. it's started to pick yeah. up. So uh, to celebrate that milestone, I did a special this week. I released yeah. a special No Talk or Tone. Usually. And without fail, the No Talk or Tone has been a Friday release. It's always been a Friday at around 5 or 6 o'clock British normal regular time. I think that's what it's called. Britain. <laughs> Britain. Just, just call it British. That like, what I hate is British summertime and Greenwich Mean Time and all that. Just tell me what time it is in the country I'm in. I don't care about your little fucking quirky nonsense. Uh, yeah, just tell I mean, me what time it is in the it's like when I'm watching the Formula One and they're like, oh, it's at this time at GMT, but you're on BST, so it's at this time. And I'm like, just tell me what it is. If I type in what time is it in the UK, just tell me what fucking time the race is on when I'm in the UK. Yeah, don't get fucking smarmy about it. Well, actually, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it, look, it airs around five or six o'clock, standard regular British time, whatever that time might be at the time. <laughs> Um, however, this week saw a release on a Tuesday. What? Ooh. What? Um, this was uh, a response to some of the like community polls that I've been putting up recently. So I'm trying to get a bit more uh, community involvement in between videos, just to kind of to get to know the fans a little bit more and and see what see what they like, see what they don't like. Uh, so I posted up about the uh, Chefton preacher. In fact, actually, no, it weren't. It was talking about, uh, like, I put down, like, a few pedals that I hadn't demoed yet, and the Chef Tone Preacher was in there. Like, the V2 Chef Tone Preacher. 
and an overwhelming majority of people went, I want to hear the preamp. Show me the preamp. So <laughs> I obliged and did a, a little kind of mini no talk or tone where I did a shootout versus the original tone and the preamp. And I wanted to see what people thought as well. So I wanted them to follow up with their um with their requests. So I put up a poll uh, about like what people preferred and it was an 80-20 split people going I love the preamp. So people like new stuff. Woo. Yeah, I mean I I get it and I I I like the sounds that you can get from it but personally the like I I I only got preacher maybe a month ago. Yeah. Um and I'll be honest, even though I've told Yeomans that I am going to open it up and turn the preamp on, I haven't yet opened it up and turned the preamp on. Um, and, like, I love the sounds that you can get out of it. Like, it, it, yeah. again, you smashed it out of the park. There's there's a few great tones in there, depending on what you kind of want. I The, like, fendery, fendery combo cranked sound is kind of the, the my sweet spot, which is, like, gain it, like just before 12 o'clock-ish. Yeah. Um, it's kind of where, where I was really enjoying it. Um, and I just don't see the need to turn the preamp on because I like that sound. But yeah. I will do it at some point because obviously it'll it'll sound different for me than it does for you because you're running it into a different setup than I am. Yeah. I mean, it's, if it's there and you, you the uh, the way of like engaging it is literally just taking apart four screws then it's like settled the curiosity. Um, yeah. But I've I've got to admit I'm I'm part of that twenty percent as well. I I like the um the standard preacher mode because I've I've used it for so long. The the preacher is the second drive pedal on my pedal board that I gig with. So I've got so used to that tone. And and like you say, it's like that really kind of dynamic um combo amp being kicked like the head kicked in. But if you've got the gain kind of twelve o'clock ish, you've still got a bit of dynamics as well. It's not squashing the tone too much, so it's that yeah, real it, sweet spot. It's that classic blues sound as well. I'll say like it's it's not your kind of your Hendrixy kind of blues, but kicked to death with a fuzz pedal. Yeah, it's that like earlier blues tone that you think of with you know like earlier sixty stuff like. And I really love that kind of music, and yeah. I'm I'm a fiend for a bit of blues, and yeah. So I I love the pedal. I really love the pedal, but I imagine I'll also enjoy some of the other sounds on it. But I imagine what I'll do is I'll go. That sounded really good, but let's go back to that one sound that I really, really, really <laughs> like because <laughs> yeah. I'm a creature of habit, just like most people. What I will say, like in the demo. I... I, I hadn't like prepared any any music for it and I just let the the sound of the pedal take me where it was. And almost all of the, the demo examples with the preamp switched on were kind of Hendrix inspired yeah. kind of riffing. And it got like it got me to a place, uh like with my playing that was more Hendrixy than I've ever sounded before. I was like, <laughs> shit man, I can play some Hendrix adjacent <laughs> stuff. This is pretty awesome. <laughs> But if I, if I try it today, I reckon it won't work. So <laughs> that pedal was coaxing out some Hendrix in me. Yeah, like non-copyrightable Hendrix. It was it was Hendrix adjacent. It wasn't Hendrix. Just yeah. so we're clear. 
<laughs> Just so we're clear, Mr. YouTube. That, that, that's it. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting to a point now where it's getting serious. So copyright strikes aren't my friend. So I'm, I'm staying on the side of caution with it. Um, is, is that why you played a few songs that I recognised? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you listen to the uh, the No Talk Will Tone coming out this week as well, <laughs> there may be one or two. Yeah, I, I try. What I try and do is, if I'm playing a riff that's very similar to something, I'll I'll mess with the timing of it, like syncopate it where it's not usually syncopated, or like make it five four rather than a four four version of the riff. So it, it makes me sound as if I'm really shit, <laughs> like I can't play. But, yeah, but I do it in a in a musical way, so it's it doesn't necessarily sound horrendous. But this, this, uh, the one that's coming out on Friday because because you got one on Tuesday, you were also getting one on Friday as well, which is fantastic. Is the other one that people were suggesting, which was the Behringer Ultra Chorus, which is uh, like possibly the best color a pedal has ever been. Look, it's that really, uh, like really tough plastic that the Behringer pedals come in. Yeah. And they've used a really vibrant yellow. Okay. And it looks amazing. <laughs> I'm not going to say any more about it. Check out the video. It's well worth I'm gonna, it. I'm going to have to check this out because I don't know what type of chorus it is. So if it's a really ATC chorus, I like you could play in anything if you're saying that you've gone close <laughs> to note for note. But like, it, the, there's other chorus sounds out there that are like more specific to certain songs. But if it's if it's 80s, it's just you've picked some non-hard metal, so sorry, some non-glam metal from the 80s, <laughs> so it's got chorus on it. <laughs> um, uh, you'll have to find out. But I will. I, what I will say about this Behringer pedal, it's a really super chorus. And if you, uh, if, if you play it, you might feel a bit like a boss. <laughs> it's a super chorus <laughs> that you might feel like a boss. <laughs> boss super chorus. <laughs> think they'll get the get the hint there Matt I, I I think you may have swindled them and they're all now thinking about the chorus that Bruce Springsteen uses yeah, in, <laughs> yeah, oh he he's super isn't he the boss yeah boss is super very With rarely his uses chorus <laughs> but when he does it's a super chorus <laughs> yes it is the boss's super chorus <laughs> indeed, indeed yeah oh dear right yeah so I've I've been real real busy this week not only with my own channel but I've also kind of helped out Lee as well who I expected to be here but he's not so I'll do his job damn it um, we we received a bunch of the K-Line G-Series pedals in fact the entire line as it currently stands which was cool we've talked about those on the podcast but we also we did a uh, like a live YouTube stream uh, where we showed off the entire um, the entire catalog with sound examples, which is really cool. That is really cool because like I assume over the next few months between the lot of you, you'll release individual demos on each of those pedals. But yeah, we will. it'd be nice to have quick and easy sound examples. Yeah, Just yeah. So to give you a ballpark. Yeah, so like the the um, the live stream that we did, 
gives you a, like an idea of what flavour each of those pedals will give you. And then we'll go into a little bit more of a deep dive with with each of these individual ones. I, I imagine those videos aren't going to be massive. They'll be like two or three minute videos that will show multiple sound examples within that pedal. Like depending on how um, complex the pedal is, because some of them have got four knobs, so maybe longer, yeah. maybe a minute a per per sound. I don't know. I've I've not figured that out yet. Anyway, um, there's some really cool pedals within that line. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it because the video's up there. You you can go check it out. You can make your own decisions on which ones you think are the best ones. But I I I like them. I th- I think it's a really solid lineup. Not really solid. Excellent. And we're going to be talking about look a little bit about the form factor of them a bit later on as well. I think we are. Yeah, if we don't run out of time. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, fingers crossed. Mm, <laughs> Matt, we'll Matt, 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 Matt. Been up to, man? What you been up to? Um. So I think the first thing I've done is last Sunday I collected. What should be a working Vox? Well, hey. Um, I haven't carried it up the stairs and into my flat to plug it in and check, but I've been informed that it's now a working Vox, um, which excites me, but it also means I need to completely rebuild my pedal board again. Not that I didn't already need to do that because it failed the last time I gigged, but <laughs> it means I need to... Because I've not... I don't think I had the two-button Messiah when I killed the Vox. So I've got to try the Messiah to see whether I can get it to play ball. I think I just had the... Because I had the the prototype Messiah. With okay, the, yeah. um, the flick switch. You know, with, with, the, with, the, with the Tolex. Like, you remember he, he, like when he oh, first yeah, started yeah. making... Uh, yeah, so I've got the original one with the Tolex on the top and, yeah, the, the, the flick switch. I had that, but I don't think I had the, the two button, um, which is currently my main drive pedal. Nice. So I've got to work out whether I'm using that, whether I'm using the Preacher, whether I'm potentially using, I don't know, the Kossoff drive that I've got, or whether I'm going to go back to the Hotcake because it just plays so well with the Vox. Yeah. Um, But the other thing that I'm thinking is maybe I'll try and reduce the amount of drive pedals on my board. What have you done with our Matt? (laughs) You are clearly an imposter. Well, I mean, so the thing is, the last gig I did, right, everything failed and I just used the amp drive and a um, and a Tube Screamer-style yeah. pedal, the, the Honey Burst. And although it wasn't perfect, it did sound quite nice. So maybe if I just had, like, the Vox sitting on that edge of breakup, use the volume control to do clean, the hot cake to do my heavier drive, and the Antares, say, for my lead boost. Mm-hmm. That's all I need. Oh, maybe I a bit of fuzz. Nah, maybe a bit. Of, yeah, <laughs> go have a bit of fuzz. I'm gonna call it here though. I'm gonna. I, I think. I think the preacher will work really well with the Vox. I, like, think, I mean, I can definitely see that working. Yeah, I think the EQ that you get on the preacher, because it, it's it's sitting in that kind of like soft, um, lower mid kind of range. Yeah, I, 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 I foresee that being a look an AC thirty's best friend. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it may well be, but yeah. So I, I, what I need to do is sit down and do that. Problem is, I live in a middle flat, 
There's um, people no. above me and below me and next to me on either side. I mean, how 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 are they with uh, awesome rock tones? Um, I'm going to imagine that they're fine with it if they're not in. <laughs> yeah, they're okay with it if they don't find out. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm going to have to find some time to do that, or I'm going to have to convince one of the bands to do a practice, yeah. and both of them are going to be like, what's one of those? <laughs> pra- pra- practice? <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah, I've got that. The other thing that I've done is I've booked some flights in a hotel. Yeah, you have. Um, because I I found out about when the Birmingham Guitar Show is by finding out that the place that they were going to move to burnt itself to the ground. Y- yes, yeah, <laughs> like weirdly that we're not mentioning this in the news, but yes, um, the the Birmingham the uh, new Brindley Hall they were doing some maintenance on the roof and set it on fire, didn't they? And. You're not going to believe this, but I I have a story locally about a company doing some maintenance on a roof and setting the building on fire. So it's not as it's not as uncommon as you think. One of the one of the places I I play quite regularly over here that has quite a big function room was out of action for about four years because they brought in some roofers and the roofers set the roof of the hotel on fire and destroyed the entire hotel. I mean, that's one way of like starting so, uh, the roof again, isn't uh, it? I suppose. Uh, Apparently, roofers like to set buildings on fire. Well, there you go. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a one-off, but then, like, it's the same thing that's happened over there. Yeah, I'm really hoping that the new Brindley Hall is not out of action for four years because it's a banging venue. It's really kind of central, and the curry is amazing. And as much as like, I asked on the the Facebook if they're going to have the curry back and if they're going to. Like number one, if the parking's gonna be better, because that's the that is the drawback of Brindley Hall. Um, but also, if they're gonna have the curry, because the curry is worth going to the show alone. <laughs> like it is, it is okay. just simply fantastic. Um, and I think the people who cater for the New Brindley Hall are the people who own New Brindley Hall. Like they're they're tied in yeah. with the people who own it. So I don't think they'll get the same caterers for this new new place. But the, I mean, the... I wasn't going just for the catering, but that's mildly disappointing. It is, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, um, so it's moved in towards Solid Hall. Is that right? Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's moved down and right. Yeah, closer to the airport, basically. Yeah, which has made it really, really convenient mm-hmm. and a lot cheaper for me. So I messaged Stu and I was like, when you stay, like, um, you know, what what kind of prices? Do you, like, do you do hotels or do you, do you do Airbnbs? And he's like, oh, I've done both and we spend this much. And last time I was like, when I'm with the family, I spend this much. And when I was did it with some, a mate and we spent this much. And I looked and I was like, okay, well, you, you were spending that and I can find a hotel that's about... I think it's about three miles away, but it might even be closer than that. For ninety nine pounds for two nights That's with really breakfast not, both days. <laughs> <laughs> so mean, I'm going to book that now. <laughs> yep, that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, it's it's off the junction of an M or A road. I I can't remember. Sure, junction forty six. Does that sound ring a bell? Junction for, junction for. It's it's I don't fucking know. It's it's basically it said it's it's near junction this 
and it's yeah, it's a it's a Premier Inn anyway. I don't I don't okay. understand road numbers and names in the UK. Well, okay, call, probably... everything should have a name of the place that it goes to. Over here, we've got Peel Road, we've got Douglas Road, we've got Castletown Road, we've got Ramsey Road, I mean, and they all go well. to those places. Yeah, we've got those as well. <laughs> like we've got, uh, I, I live not too far away from the Birmingham Road, and then <laughs> like there's another one which is like the Wolverhampton Road. Which does exactly as 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 it's uh, in, like intended, <laughs> but the bigger the bigger ones, you're probably somewhere near the M6, which is basically the motorway that takes you from uh, like around London all the way up the UK, pretty okay. much. So it's like if it's not the M6, I will be like yeah. I would be shocked. You probably it might be the M42 as well, because uh, that's. I think it. I think it might be M6. But yeah, like whatever it was, it was just off Junction something, and it's yeah, like three miles away from the convention center and four miles away from the airport, as yeah. opposed to trying to get from the airport to a hotel in the center of Birmingham. Staying in a hotel in the center of Birmingham, which would be probably three times the price, or an Airbnb that would be you know yeah. three or four times the price. Um. So yeah, the fact that it's had to move and they've had to pick a venue that's not in the center of Birmingham has actually reduce the cost for me massively to the point where it was cheaper for two nights of the hotel than it is for me to fly there and back which the flight's about 110 quid okay like the, the great thing about um about birmingham airport is that it is very well connected so even if it does move to um the new brindley hall again i'll, I'll have a chat with me I'll, I'll show you some ways of like yeah. Reduced, reducing the cost, cost and 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 like being as well connected to all of the places you need to get to anyway. Yeah, like it's like Damn. Birmingham Airport is incredibly well connected. Like it is literally built on the train station. So yeah, I mean, to be <laughs> yeah. fair, I've I've flown into Birmingham twice before. Once I got straight on a train, and once I've got family that live in Oxfordshire that came up to meet me. Oh, um, there you go. So I've been to Birmingham Airport, but I've. Like one of one of the t- the time that I got on the train, I got on the train and went to fucking Northampton on a rugby tour. So I've no idea where the fuck I was. <laughs> didn't, didn't see anything. I was fairly drunk by the time we landed. So yeah, I don't really remember much about Birmingham Airport. Sounds like a successful rugby tour. That does. Oh, it was a successful. Rugby, it was a very <laughs> enjoyable rugby tour. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what I've been told. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no. So I'm coming to the Birmingham Guitar Show. And I'm going to finally meet the other people from the some of the other people from the podcast. That's it. Yeah. Like it's a like official like, nine years we, or whatever it is. Nine years. It's not been that long, surely. Surely not. No, but I've known you since since we were listening to the GAC podcast, and that is about nine years. Yeah, maybe even yeah. ten years. Yeah, I mean it's got it's got to be wicked. Uh, I, I have mentioned that I'm going to try and take you to the Wellington, which is the finest pub that Birmingham has to offer. And if that damn Stuart Tate tries to tell us to go to the post office vault again, I will smack <laughs> him in the mouth. You've heard it here I mean, first I'm, on the I'm podcast. Gonna, I'm going to smile and nod because I have no idea what you're saying. Yeah. Like, just the Wellington is a top tier pub. It is like holy grail of pub. And when people suggest you move away from that, like you go somewhere else, which is not that pub, it makes me angry. It makes me sad and angry. <laughs> So we will we'll stay there and we'll probably <laughs> podcast IRL. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good night. Indeed. 
Right. So we've got we've got some stuff. We've got a, we've got a hot take. Let's let's take some hot. Uh, last week didn't go the way that Lee thought it would. <laughs> so the uh, the question was, or the statement even, clones of vintage pedals are um, objectively better than the originals, which uh, Lee thought would go uh, in the way of the vintage pedal. It hasn't at all. Uh, 20% of people were simping for the originals. 80% of people said vintage pedals suck, which nothing makes me happier. I think we won, <laughs> we won them over with the fact that vintage pedals usually have some like odd, like mini jack for power or like, like hardwired power cables. And yeah. are just like massive and really, really inconvenient. And like, I since... mean, the the wrong argument was made for vintage pedals. The argument for vintage for the vintage pedals and not the clone is they made the circuit. The circuit doesn't exist without those those, and therefore you couldn't either make the clone or improve the copy. Yeah, that's yeah. the only argument. And to be fair, I'm kind of on the side of like. People like Stu, you, you mentioned the Raiders of the Dead. That's enough of a change from the initial Fuzz Face that it's its own thing. So I, w- I wouldn't really class it as a clone. I know it sort of is, but it's yeah, it's so so different that it's almost not. But things like um, three letter companies that directly mm. clone <laughs> things. Um, I'm just trying to not to yeah, libel really. myself. <laughs> but yeah, three three letter companies that that literally directly clone stuff. And try and charge three times as much as a Chinese company would for the same pedal. Um, yeah, that's what I don't like, and that is that they are the clones, and and that's the part of the clone business I don't like. Is it, it's that you know getting yourself a, a, a name brand off the back of yeah like, soldering somebody else's circuit together again. Yeah, it's almost like stolen valor, isn't it? There. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think like you could have gone with the fact that vintage pedals are just way cooler, which they clearly are. Yeah, there's there's no amount of oh, but this is better. No, it's cooler. Like the vintage one is cooler. Yeah, and, and it's, I'm I'm sorry, but if you walk up to a gig and you plug in a bossy, you have to hardwire in your bossy one. You <laughs> look fucking amazing. I don't care. Yeah, it's a real power move, isn't it? It's a real power move, but. Like that, you also are... have to say to the rest of your bandmates, please tread carefully because if you walk in the wrong place, something might, you know, jump out and work. Or just, yeah. yeah, and just don't mind the background hum that I will have for the entire gig. <laughs> that is just mojo tone there. Don't, don't you don't mind yeah. that. I'll try and get rid of it as much as I can by angling myself to like north and <laughs> rolling the guitar volume down just a touch so that the signal. Cuts a little bit, yeah. But that's that's the price for vintage tone. Anyway, like uh, vintage yeah, pedals suck. So that is the official the official stunts of the Fret Talk podcast, whether we like it or not. Um, this week we have got we've got one. <laughs> the hot take this week: concentric pots have no place on a pedal. Correct. Uh, and that is this week's hot take. So in the polls, you, uh, you there's only one choice, so vote for that. Uh, 
Um, right, I suppose we've got to argue against it. There's right. So what? So why are you, why are you saying that it's correct? Yeah. Why, why are you saying that this is? Uh... Right, they're really fucking fiddly to use. If you try and change one of them, you're changing both of them, whether you like it or not. So if you've set one of them in the place that you like it. Don't yeah. You, the the other one is wherever it, it landed, and mm-hmm. that's where that's where you end. That's that. Or you try and set the other one, and then the original one has changed. So that's a stupid system. Also, why do you need a concentric pot? No pedal needs more than four controls on it, and you can set four controls on a pedal without having concentric pots. So why why are you doing it? What is the purpose of your concentric pot? No, I can't think of a single effect that needs more than four controls. Oh, oh well, yeah. Well, four rotary controls. You can have a switch if you want somewhere. <laughs> if you're feeling fancy. Yeah, if you want to be really, really lardy dar about it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, that's most boutique drive pedals, that is. Yeah. Um, but, okay, like, the like the maneuver maneuvering of concentric parts is the basic, like, it's the big bugbear of um, concentric parts, isn't it? Like there's there's methods that you can use. You can hold the bottom sleeve as you turn the top top um, knob. So sorry, versa. you want me to take my guitar off so that it doesn't like rattle around on the floor and? Oh yeah, like man- if, if you're doing it whilst whilst there's a guitar on you, you are asking for that guitar to get <laughs> bashed up. And, yeah, it's it's either going to get yeah. chipped or it's going out of tune because you've hit the tune. And- pegs into something or the headstock into something or you might snap the head off your les ball yeah so it's it it's a delicate procedure like you have it's almost krypton factor style where you're like trying to balance with one foot whilst also like bending a a very very specific angle (laughs) um but it's yeah so the um the adjustment of them is really really tough i'm not go- i'm not going to argue against that because i would be losing all day every day <laughs> um but to say that pedals only need four knobs i mean there are there are quite a few pedals that are like good that have got more than four knobs name them uh, name everyone. <laughs> you like you like the, uh, the well, name the ones to... you can think of, and I will tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> well, so I mean, just like uh, to hand here, I've got the um, the Joyo American Sound and the British Sound. They've got six knobs on them. They're not concentric because they they did the right thing and made them in big um, enclosures. Yeah, they're, like they're really good, and what they're based on the uh, Tech Twenty One like amp series, all of those, absolutely fantastic. Six knobs, brilliant. But that's 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 an amp that somebody's put in a box, so that's not a pedal. That's an amp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't say amps couldn't have. Also, I mean, to be fair, fuck off your three, t- three bass middle treble, sod that off and put a tone knob on there. Ah, uh, but they have, like, the, um, the Iron Man series one, the, the clean glass is basically the American sound without the quote-unquote amp sim that's not really an amp sim. And they've re- replaced the um, the EQ with a tone control and it's just not as good. So the, you do need that that three-band EQ. It's, it is very good. Buy um, an EQ pedal. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of having one pedal, have two pedals. When yes. you could just have one pedal... 
Mm. Uh, so there's that. I mean, like the the a bunch of the boss ones, like the boss re uh, re two. Um, the look. Isn't, aren't they concentric? Pardon. I'm pretty sure the re two has concentric, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, they they do, but the like if you didn't have the concentric parts on that, you wouldn't be able to adjust all the parameters that make this but, pedal so special. Same but, with so what? So what parameters do you need on a reverb? You need amount of reverb, amount of clean tone. I think I think you've got it there. It's just amount of reverb. That's it. <laughs> like the half mini is is the perfect reverb. I mean, it's it's the it's the perfect reverb. That's why I run it. Always on, all the time, on no matter what amp I'm playing through. So yeah. yes, you're right. But I mean, so you've got amount of reverb, amount of clean tone if you need to. Yeah. Style of reverb. I'm trying to think of anything else that you'd need on a reverb pedal. Like, yeah. I, 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 oh. I, as I say this, I remember that I'm running a reverb pedal with five knobs on it. There you go. <laughs> so I mean, there's when that. Like, there's like various delays that do it as well. Uh, like the. Carbon Copy Deluxe has got more than... That's um, two button. It is. That's no longer a pedal. That's two pedals in a box. <laughs> but it it requires like enough knobs. Any of the uh, the TCX4 stuff, like the, uh, the Ditto but Again, that's got three knobs. That's three pedals. So you're allowed up to 12. But they, like, it requires... They require more than, more than four knobs. So yeah, but they've got... They've got three switches, they can have 12 knobs because it's three pedals in a box, in one box. It's just... Yeah. If you've got a foot switch, it's four ped- four parts per foot switch. That's okay, my rule. Now, now the goalposts <laughs> are changing. <laughs> now it's changing. Um, but they, like, there you go. So you, there's there's multiple, <laughs> um, multiple ways that you can justify having more than four knobs per <laughs> foot switch. I mean, there's there's definitely ways to argue that it it should never be the case. I'm looking at you, mega distortion. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, and but I mean, if if we go back to it, like, concept, like if you're going to do more than four controls, yeah, and your boss, boss, you struggle to do four on a boss because those fucking thin, spindly knobs are shit anyway. The, the three knob ones are much better on for the boss than those like four in that line across the top but then to make it make it six or seven or five and have the fucking rotary like my re is it re3 was the i mean the thing so i'm just i'm just for the for the listeners here i'm showing how Beringer absolutely trumped boss by fucking um concentric <laughs> yeah. pots completely off yeah, and just doing six, yeah. four, four, and then two below them. Yep. And yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so much yeah, better. That's a better, better solution. But Indeed. there's still too many controls on a derailleur pedal. You I mean, this, this is this is a metal zone. So without that, like, if you just had like the high and the low, and then didn't have any of the mid controls, that would be fucking useless. <laughs> And if you just had the two mid controls and not the high and the low, that would, would be, be fucking useless. Yeah, and then you've still not got any volume or gain. Yeah, like if <laughs> like if it was just all EQ, it, <laughs> it'd be usable, but like barely. Yeah, I think like yeah, if if you 
made it for <laughs> for uh, controls, it would have to be all EQ. It's <laughs> quite good, actually. There you go, boss. Almost, almost. So what you're saying is the Metal Zone is an EQ pedal that they accidentally put some gain into. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's like such a incredibly powerful EQ pedal. I mean, they ruined it by making it so gainy by putting so much distortion on it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's ways around that. You can you can like circumvent the clipping part of the circuit and turn it into the world's best EQ. Are we Which... now getting away? Have we changed the hot take to? <laughs> boss should have made the metal zone an EQ pedal. Yeah, yeah. Can we just have the the boss zone? <laughs> so take out all of the metal of it, and then just just the zone. We could replace the GE seven that's been there for thirty years. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like a lot of people mod those because they're not they're, they're a bit noisy, aren't they? Yeah. So yeah, just having like a parametric EQ. And then you could, it could be a four knob thing. Oh, that that would be awesome! Shit, man, that's really cool. Um, but back onto back the hot take. Back onto the hot take. Yeah. So, like concentric pots, are, they are tough to uh, to maneuver. But realistically, how often are you changing pedal settings mid set? Not very often at all. Yeah. Exactly. So, like. Theoretically, you, you, it's a set and forget. You could get your tone that you like, dialed in, you're sorted. Uh, have, the, have the controls that you might change, so like, like the bass. Um, like if you're in a particularly bassy room or whatever, you can like cut the bass out. Have that on a single knob and have the ones that you're less likely to change on the concentrics. Okay, so I put it to you that you are doing a gig... Mm -hmm. And it is a wedding gig. And it is in a function room, not in a, you know, a a specified music area. It's it's in a function room. So you are playing at the same level as all of the pissed people. And the bride has one too many drinks. She trips over the singer's monitor, puts her hands out, and changes the settings on every single one of your pedals. If you've got any concentric pots on there... You may as well take that pedal off your board and throw it in the bin because yeah. you are not getting your sound back before the end of the night. No, no, yeah, that that's then dead to you. That for the rest of the night that pedal is dead to you and you've just gotta hope and pray that it's not a really important one. Yeah. So But I don't I don't think there are many wedding gigs where we're like using the metal zone as our primary drive <laughs> pedal. <laughs> No, I mean, like, yeah, it, it all depends on what the pedal is. But, yeah, I mean, if you're in a soundscapey band and that's your RE2. Yeah, then you're, you're still not playing the wedding gig, are you? Like, <laughs> people aren't hiring the soundscape band to drone on what, for 70 minutes. What if What if it is a soundscapey wedding? What if, you're do, what if you're doing that as the... In, oh, I suppose they're not pissed then, are they? If that's the intro to the wedding. Just yeah. having this weird sound. Okay, yeah, you're yeah, okay. doing like weird sounds. But then I think they don't necessarily mind if you fucked up your settings on your reverb because you click on it, it makes horrendous sounds, and they go, "Oh, that's that's avant garde." That is. <laughs> so you you're pretty much winning. So we, we've we've got some some arguments for. We've got some arguments against, and I think the fact that you can save space 
with the footprint of your pedal by adding these concentric pots is a bonus for you. It's not a, a choice that I would choose, but it's it's a choice that certain people have chosen, and and it's like proven popular. The RE2 has been massively popular. Boss have even released a pedal this week that has got concentric pots. So we shall see. And it will be down to you, the dear listener, to tell us which is correct. If it is concentric pots do belong on pedals or concentric pots need to get in the bin. That is down to you. So in the in the um, Fret Talk podcast group, you will find a poll as and when I can be bothered to put it in. It will probably be kind of mid-afternoon on, on the day of release because I'm, I'm going to give you an opportunity to listen to the podcast first. So we'll do that. So check check back into the Fret Talk podcast group and cast your vote. You have your say on this to tell us which is correct. We've got some news. News. Woo. Indeed. Uh, so... First bit of news this week is that Motley Crue's guitarist, Mick Mars, one of the founding members of Motley Crue, has made the decision to uh, hang up his touring boots, touring scarf, touring touring stuff, his touring attire. He's hanging up the touring because of health issues. He's He's got some form of like uh, arthritis, like inflammatory arthritis, which is making gigging basically impossible for him. So, I mean, that is, that's a pretty sad time because it it must be horrendous having spent your entire life doing, like, carving out a, a name for yourself in a music career and then not being able to continue on with it. But he's he's paid his dues. He's he's like done like done years and years worth of touring. So he finally gets to hang up his boots, boots, <laughs> touring boots. Yeah. I mean, I assume he's going to hang the guitar on the wall. Indeed, maybe. Um, uh, well, like I imagine, he's still going to be playing at home, but he's he hasn't got the pressure of I'm going to have to play yeah, this. It doesn't have every... to go in a case, does it? You hang out. You can hang it on the bedroom wall now. Yeah, yeah, in his one of his many mansions, I assume. I assume Motley Crue are rich. I don't know. I mean, you say that. <laughs> I just had to Google them to remember any of the songs that they've done, and I think I've heard of one of them. Kickstart My Girls, I think, is one of them. Do- oh. Doctor Feel Good. Yeah. Doctor Phil. <laughs> Doctor Phil. Yeah, they do Dr. the theme Phil. for Doctor Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, Motley Crue, they, they've got some, some songs. Girls, Girls, Girls is a wicked tune. Um, I've heard of that one as well. That's not in their Wikipedia article. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they, they've done a few a few tunes. It's uh, they're, they're pretty cool. Motley Crue largely these days are known for either um, Tommy Lee posting a picture of his dick on Instagram Um pretty fucking big dick so i hear <laughs> i mean if if you've got it why not flaunt it and vince neil of motley crew looking like the abominable snowman from the disney movie <laughs> and um 
Yeah, I can see it now. Yeah. Do we, like there's a lot of uh lot of memes doing the like the lyrics misheard lyrics of him performing these days. Oh, they're fucking good. <laughs> okay. Look, he's he's not like if you look at pictures of him back in the day, he was like a svelte man. He was like quite an attractive young chap, quite muscular. And those are I not things that you would use to describe him these days. I think I've seen something about this recently where you just can't understand a word he's saying now for some of the songs. Yeah. I, I think the, the, the breakout breakout one is the one where he's talking about his Big Mac 103. Uh, <laughs> Mahog yeah. or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, there are lyrics, but they ain't them. <laughs> so... <laughs> Like Motley Crue, still going on, but not without. Uh, sorry, without um, Mick Mars these days. They have announced their um, standing guitarist, the, the touring guitarist who's going to like pick up the mantle of Motley Crue guitars, and it is John Five. John Five, you know the guy who has the really wicked signature Telecaster. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, but, to be fair, the signature Telecaster, if you only know about him for Marilyn Manson and was it, is he Rob Zombie? Was that him? Yeah, he has toured with Rob Zombie, yeah. Yeah, so if you only know about him for there, like, it's a little bit weird that he's got a Telecaster, but obviously he's a country guitarist as well, isn't he? So that makes it less. Yeah, like, massive, massive intercountry. Um, uh, Whenever I you see... don't imagine he moves in the same circles as Motley Crue very often. No, like <laughs> it's all very vague, isn't it? Like if you had like Venn diagram for Motley Crue and Venn diagram for John Five, they'd just about be touching, wouldn't they? Yeah, like I imagine the occasional either Manson or like Rob Zombie do the same festival as Motley Crue. I don't think they'd ever tour together because they're just in a very different era to each other yeah in terms of the way that like or certainly they they i imagine their followers know of each other but aren't massive fans of like i I can't imagine a hardcore marilyn manson fan also being a hardcore motley crew fan i can imagine them knowing a few of their songs and going yeah that's all right but i i can't imagine like you've got diehard fans of marilyn manson and of Motley Crue, <laughs> yeah, of or both. country music and Motley Crue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the weird dog, like the Venn diagram is getting further away, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I feel like, like country music's probably on a different Venn diagram to the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, it's on a different page, completely. Different. <laughs> but like you, you got like John Five's like new metal, industrial metal career, and then Motley Crue. You've got the the intersection yeah, in they're... the center is guys who like rock. Yeah, it's people who attend Download Festival. Yeah, yeah, look. <laughs> or, or like rock um, nights at bars. Yeah. They'll have heard of both people's songs. Yes. Yeah. It is. So, it's, they're, the, they're the one degree. They're not like a, a zero degrees of separation. They're a one degree of separation. A guy has been to Download and both of them were there on, at the same yeah festival. Yeah. Like much like... Their, uh, Look, I'm I'm a massive like dad rock, like seventies classic rock is pretty much my era. Yeah. Um, 
I've been to download and I, I saw bands like Kill Switch Engage and Disturbed, and I go, yeah, I know those guys. Uh, I, I heard them live, and Kill Switch were wicked. In fact, actually, Disturbed were wicked. Uh, yeah, I not a, they were. Not a band that I would ever go out my way to listen to at all. Yeah. Uh, but I'll go, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, and that's that is about as much information about Disturbed and Kill Switch that you'll get out of me. Likewise, the guy <laughs> who likes Motley Crue. Oh yeah, I've uh, heard of that John Five guy. I saw saw the rig rundown that once. Yep. And he uh, he had some pretty sweet Telecasters. Don't know what he's what he's done. Couldn't name you any of, any of his songs. But it's it's about that, isn't it? It's that kind yeah. of that relationship. But there you go. So John Five touring guitarist with um, Motley Crue. Now, who would you say would be a better fit? So who are we thinking might be just just a, a bit a bit closer in that Venn diagram? Take somebody else from an eighties rock, like an eighties. They're not glam metal, so they're not quite Bon Jovi, but like they're not. Far, they're they're closer to Bon Jovi than they are fucking Marilyn Manson. Oh yeah, yeah, a massively like same era, same hair. Just take slightly what's his different. Face? What, what's his face? That got the frat. <laughs> Richie Zambora. Let's <laughs> <laughs> take him. <laughs> I mean, he's not doing Fingy uh, anymore, is he? He's not doing yeah. Bon Jovi anymore. Take him, just tell him to buy a Les Paul. <laughs> I mean, you could, you could do. <laughs> um, I, I was thinking someone more like, I don't know, maybe like Richie Cotson, who played with Poison. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And they're like contemporaries. Like Richie Cotson absolutely rips. Um, and so like would easily be able to cover the, the Motley Crue stuff. Perhaps a bit too high profile for uh for Motley Crue though. Yeah. But that a lot that being said, I I would have sworn that John Five would have been a bit too high profile for Motley Crue. So who knows? Uh look like, Yeah, I don't know. I, maybe because he hasn't maybe because he's not actually his own solo like he's not a, really a solo artist, is he? So I guess. Yeah. Um you know, well John Five he has done you know. John Five has done solo stuff. Okay, so he's not a successful solo artist. <laughs> yeah, n- yeah, not as successful as as Cotson uh, with the winery dogs as well, and 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 all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I think him maybe. Who else? I mean, Nita Strauss would be a, a good one if she hadn't recently teamed up with Demi Lovato. Yeah, to become a pop pop guitarist because that's a thing. Maybe Orianthe. Because again, like she yeah. was going to do the Michael Jackson stuff, weren't she? So like, yeah. she's more than capable. Um, not really, not really all that well known outside of like very guitar-y circles. Um, yes, yeah. ironically, she uh, she's with or was with Richie Sambora. So okay, there you <laughs> so, go. So there you go. Why don't they both go and they can each cover half a set? <laughs> yeah, Tifa. Yeah, Tifa. <laughs> uh, I think at the moment, Orianthe's really trying to push her solo career, though, because I see a lot more of her on social media recently. So, I think the last time I heard of Orianthe was when we talked about female 
guitarist. I think that might have even just been in the group chat. Yeah. And I think the time I heard about her before that was when Nita Strauss replaced her as the guitarist for Alice Cooper, like 15 <laughs> years ago. So her solo <laughs> career is not going to plan yeah, from yeah. my point of view. I mean, I saw, I saw some Instagram things and like she, she was going through some acoustic... Uh, like some some riffs that she'd written on an acoustic, and she was absolutely ripping this acoustic a new asshole. So like she's she can play, fuck me, she can play. Um, absolutely, but, but yeah, she's not quite she's not quite got that like punched through that that barrier yet, has she? Where she's like coming into her own. So yeah, no, I don't know. Uh, like maybe Courtney Cox as well, not the Friends actress. But the <laughs> the other one, like the one who was uh, in the Iron Maidens, I'm gonna smile and nod like I knew there was a person called Courtney Cox in the Iron Maidens. And there you go. Yeah. So they all. That's yeah. The the listener can hear me smiling and nodding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, um Absolutely. Sure. Um. Uh, yeah. Phil X maybe as well, but he's doing Bon Jovi as well, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think Bon Jovi is a better gig than Motley Crue. <laughs> oh yeah, almost certainly. It's certainly it's certainly going to pay better. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So John Five may not have been as bad a choice as we first thought because <laughs> we're we're, we're struggling. Draw, drawing blanks here, aren't we? A little bit. Yeah, we we are scraping a proverbial barrel. Indeed, uh, and in fact, mentioning Nina Nita Strauss, Nina Nita Strauss, um, she did a guitar clinic in Georgia, a place called Big House Guitars, recently. And some bloke with really big brass bollocks um, saw an opportunity when Nita was going like schmoozing the crowd with the meet and greet. He saw saw this opportunity where her stuff was being unguarded by anyone and went up and jacked her uh, GT core. She had like a boss nice. GT core. Yeah, just what a lovely human being. Indeed. Yeah, like... Shady as fuck. I saw the, the saw the footage because Nate Stress put it on a on a Instagram, which was just top class move. Well, that's that's really cool. Um, this, this look bloke, at this man who stole my thing. Yeah, yeah. Like he like walk walks around, notices that no one's guarding all of this stuff, and he's like, "Shit, this is an opportunity." Like then go goes over to her pedal board, unplugs this this GT core. And then hides it underneath like an envelope that he's holding, uh, which and then like proceeds to walk out the store looking shady as fuck. It's like it's it's comical almost how uh, how shady is, but like massive massive props to the the big house guitar peeps because they made it right. They they uh, they replaced the GT core for Nita. N- Nita, not Nina. Why do I keep thinking that her name is Nina? <laughs> Nita, Nita Stress. Uh, so they they replaced it so that she weren't uh, she weren't without her like touring gig forward thing, so that she could carry on doing doing her shows. Uh, but this, yeah, just like incredible how just how brazen this chat was. <laughs> yeah. What. Yeah. I mean, what mo- I mean, yeah. I suppose the motivation is you're a scumbag of a human. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that th- I know they're worth a bit of money, 
and I could probably get away with stealing that. Because the guitar was on the stand there as well. Like, if he was really, like, super, super scummy, scummy scumbag, he could have tried to steal the guitar. But I think, like, logically, he chose the right thing because it's quite small, quite compact, and went, oh, I could get away with stealing that. Yeah. So he did. But he's plastered all over social media on a, a person who's got quite a following on social media, so... Yeah. Shit ain't gonna go right for you, mate. Um, just, right, let's just yeah, just so brazen, like just yeah, idiot. Yeah, I mean, people like that deserve to be in a constant state of stepping on Lego. Yeah, just all of the door handles that they go to push are pulls instead of pushes, or like. When you walk through the door and your the the loop in your trousers gets caught on door handles, yeah, like that that happens to him <laughs> at least three times consecutively every day. Yeah, that that's that's karma. <laughs> that is uh, right. We we've put it off for quite a while. Boss have released a thing this week. Boss have released have. the slicer. The slicer. I hear you say, isn't that already a thing? Well, it was, yeah. The SL20 was like one of those COSM units with the two foot switches, uh, a bit like the Space Echo, a bit like the weird... There was a reverb one with like a little swirly pattern in the center as well, and there was like a distortion modeler as well. And yeah, that that range, kind of mid-90s, 2000s, dual foot switch. Yeah. You know you know the range, yeah. So they've they've released the slicer, in a very delightfully 80s-looking enclosure. <laughs> and like it, it's the standard boss enclosure, but with like slightly more squared-off edges and very, very kind of 80s block text yeah. for, the, uh, for the slicer. So it looks, it looks like almost like your, um, your DM2, your original DM2. This That's one that same as, yeah, that one, that one. It does actually. In fact, I'm pretty sure that's the same, same font. Yeah, I think they've just gone back to using the font that they used in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, and it, yeah, you're right. The 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 text on it definitely just looks like those classic blast pedals. Not not like the modern like the SY2 or anything like that. Yeah, because it's all got a little bit rounder and a bit softer, hasn't it? Those 80s texts were like very kind of almost like militant looking and very harsh edges. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's got it's got that look. It's the Boss Slicer and the SL2. It's basically the big two-foot switch unit in a single foot switch. It's got concentric pots. <laughs> Everybody's favourite. Yeah, we, we've talked about those before. And then on, on my... Uh, on my podcast right up here it says lee will give us more detail so okay. let's just um sit around and wait for lee to don't worry what he does right is, is... <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I don't think i can keep that up <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm terrible at southern uk accent indeed he's definitely a southerner definitely. <laughs> um so the slicer is it's a weird one isn't it it's it does a lot of things, but it it's not it's not uh like it's not an effect that you'd 
you usually go to. So it's not a vibrato, it's not a chorus, it's not a tremolo. It's something kind of in between a few. I'm going to smile and nod because I you say slicer and I can imagine what a slicer might do, but I don't think I've ever heard one. Yeah, unless so, unless the start of Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day is a slicer. That's a tremolo. Yeah. Is that not what a slicer does? Does it not no, just like chop the sand up and put gaps in it? No, that's 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 a hard square wave tremolo, I believe. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's. That, is that I not mean, what a slicer the, does? The slicer can do that, but it does it does other things as well. So, as far as I understand it, and I'm in no way an expert, so by all means, don't take this as gospel. And if you know more about the slicer than I do, get in the podcast group. This is, I am not saying that I'm a, an expert on it, but I believe it's like a it's it's got like tremolo functions where it can slice up the the sounds, but it also can change the quote unquote repeats, so it can alter the slices of the tone. So you can almost use it like a step filter, um, like you would on a keyboard, like an arpeggiator kind of thing. You can have lot patterns, so your slices can be not just uniform, not no 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 no, but can be sequenced in a specific way. No 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 no. Okay. But then you can also affect them, so you can add pitches on top of those slices, so that you can add like arpeggiation. You can add modulation onto those slices as well. Yeah. So it's weird tremolo, is what you're saying. Um, like to to boil it down, yes, yeah. If you can explain it to an idiot, um, yeah. you you would say that it's like a weird tremolo where the you can change the choppiness of the tremolo, but not in terms of have it how consistent it. Is. You can like make it inconsistent, and then you can do other things with the repeats. It's yeah. almost like a tremolo crossed with a delay pedal. With a modulation pedal for the delays. Yeah, so you understand how like categorizing it is quite difficult <laughs> because it kind of straddles the line between yes. multiple effects. Um, yeah, I think if you were explaining it to an old person, like someone, like you, you kind of guitar George from uh, the Dire Straits song, who goes to the the pub every saturday and pulls out his trusty 60 strat plugs directly into his little i don't know he's locked fox ac30 and and plays some guitar plays all the chords but doesn't know any lead yeah that's it yeah he knows all of the chords you can play f like no one else (laughs) damn guitar george i'm still not there yet (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but like if you were if you're explaining to guitar george what this pedal does you go it's a bit like a tremolo but like we've added like delay bits and and like pitch bits as well so yeah kind, kind of like that it, it so in my mind the way that i kind of justify it is if you wanted to step into the world of like the synthesizer pedals but didn't want your guitar signal to sound like a like a keyboard, then this is the pedal you'd go for. So if you wanted 
So basically, if you're so in the SY one is if you're a guitarist and you want to sound like a keyboard player, and the slicer is if you're a keyboard player who knows some guitar chords and you want to sound like a guitar, but it have the keyboardy kind of patterns and rhythms. Yeah, if you want the heart of a keyboard, but the soul of sound a guitar. Of a guitar, yeah, the yeah. sound, of, yeah. I I now more understand it than anything else that we've said so far. <laughs> like, and actually, it, it makes sense. So basically, the SY one makes you play the guitar, but the noise that comes out sounds like a keyboard. But yeah. the the chords aren't made up properly of keyboard noises because you're playing a guitar. Yeah. Um, and this makes keyboardy type effects on your guitar, but the guitar still sounds like the guitar. Yeah, it, it just guitar-y. might have pitch shifting and, you know, guitar-y type effects on those sequences or whatever. Yeah. So if if we were talking about it being a spectrum and on on the one side there is a tremolo and the other side there is an SY1, in the middle would be the slicer. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I'm getting it more and more now. Yeah. This in is terms of what it is, not not why I would buy one. Yeah, this is this is why I need to get into marketing, isn't it? Because I've yeah. just managed to explain <laughs> explain the, the concept of a, a quite abstract pedal in a way that is guitar friendly. Yeah. Um yes. Idiot friendly. <laughs> Indeed, but not the other word. <laughs> not the other word. No. We don't, we don't mention the other word on the internet. <laughs> so the question is, are we excited? I mean, considering that you've only just figured out what the guitar pedal does, you haven't had much. I'm choice. sure Lee is jumping for joy that this this is a thing. Oh, Lee has wet his pants in the excitement, no doubt. But unless you're planning on writing music that hasn't been thought of by the human race yet, <laughs> yes. What is this for? Uh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's guaranteed that your standard pub covers band, which both you and I are part of, <laughs> aren't going to be asking for a specific slicer sound. Also, I I imagine it's quite difficult with concentric pots <laughs> to program specific, like, patterns. Yeah. So, like, if you had two switches, you could have one of them as like a tap tempo, but instead of doing tempo, you could tap out the rhythm that you wanted. Yeah. So they, I, they've, they've thought of this. On the back of this pedal is a USB port, and it hooks up to like a proprietary uh, computer app, which you can then program. The... So, so it's twenty twenty two. So I imagine that's USB C, right? <laughs> poor what's that? Sweet. What's that? Poor, it's, poor it's, sweet it's, Matthew. It's, 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 it's USB it's one. It's, it's, it's the big old chunky USBs. Yeah, I think. I, I mean, I've always called that USB B, but I yeah yeah, it's, yeah So yeah, it's, it's, it's the same thing that's on the back of my blue snowball. Uh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm gonna check that. It is. It's exactly the same connection that's on the back of my blue snowball. Motherfucker. Oh no, mine's a USB uh, mini. Mine's a USB mini, but like on the back of my, uh, so like a printer cable, 
Yeah. Printer, printer USB. Yeah. Oh, oh, really, really old USB. So what you're telling me is a company that is creating a new pedal in 2022 has not even used mini USB, has used giant 90s USB for its interface. Yes, yes, this is correct. Yeah, there's no, there's no excuse for it. I'm not, I'm not just... Like, I, I criticise the TC pedals every time they do one of theirs where they haven't upgraded from... Mini USB, there's, isn't it? There's this, I can't remember, mini and micro are the same thing, but the opposite way around, or like, I forget which way around they were. And But why, why aren't they all just USB-C? Like, bearing in mind that companies are being forced to change their phones... Unless you're in the UK, where you don't have to, but if you're in Europe or the States, you're going to have to start using yeah. USB-C for everything. So we just have a universal connection so that it's just a billion times easier for everyone. Yeah. In that world, why, is, why can't pedal companies do that? Uh, because fuck you, that's why. And that is... also, like, why must Boss insist on having... Three mil jack MIDI cable in. Like I hate MIDI anyway. I don't really care. Yeah. But surely, if you're, I like, I I imagine it's the same reason why Apple still have the Lightning in that it forces you to buy a, a one of these three mil to five pin MIDI converters every time you buy a bus pedal. Because I, I can't mean, think of another reason why you wouldn't just put that fucking thing in the pedal. Well, it's it's space saving, isn't it? Like it's easier to put a like a mini jack. Mini like barrel jack on a, a pedal than it is to put the five pin MIDI cable because they're quite mm. quite big. And if you're yeah. insisting on putting a massive USB port on on the back, you're running out of space. Yeah, so why not just put a USB C on, and then you've got space for your proper MIDI connector? No, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> it's not my decision. But yeah, and there you go. So. I'm sure that most people aren't going to care about that, providing it comes with one of those cables. Because if you don't have, like, I've, I've got one in the back of my snowball, but yeah, oh, look, I, I, I don't, have, I never had one of those lying around. These are going to sell anyway. Like, no yeah. matter, no matter what we say about it, no matter what anyone there's, says about it, there's definitely a market for it. It's the same market as the SY two and all that stuff. I imagine, or a similar market. I, yeah, I would say. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, it's it's not it's not for the the blues dads. It's definitely no. not for the blues dads. But I imagine it it's going to be exciting. Lee, it might even be exciting. Ah, Josh, he's into the kind of strange stuff like that. Like if they, can, if they can make it so that I can just arpeggiate a solo from a particular song that I struggle to play. Then we can talk. <laughs> so if I can just play one note and it knows that when I play that one note, what I actually want to play is the solo from, I don't know, the fucking, yeah, whatever, whatever I'm struggling to play at the time. Maybe we've thrown Hotel California in and I've forgotten the yeah. solo and I can just press the Hotel California solo button or the, yeah. the patch, sorry, that I've created on my, on my slicer and I play the first note of it and it goes off and plays the rest <laughs> and I can go to the bar and get a drink. Then we can talk. That'd be wicked if you just played like the first note of those arpeggiated sections and it did the rest for you. Okay, switch. Ding, ding, ding. 
Oh, that would be really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be the boss HC2, wouldn't it, though? <laughs> the Hotel California. Yeah. Well, no, because you need two of them, because you, you also need one for Salt, at the end of Salt and the Swing. <laughs> yeah, that would be a bit like the um, the collaborations they did with Fender, like the basement pedal and the... Um, <laughs> oh, what else was it? Like the, the, the reverb, reverb tank. The yeah. FRV7. Yeah. If they had like those pedals, like the Dire Straits, the DS, <laughs> DS5 or whatever it would be, because you can't have DS1 or 2. Um, and then the HC. No, it's, it's you, surely that's the SS pedal because it's the Salt and the Swing pedal, and the other one's the HC for the Hotel California. I mean, you might yeah. struggle to market an SS pedal, <laughs> <laughs> especially if it was jet black and the, the S's were like yeah, really metal font. Whatever you do, don't put like a an iron cross on it or anything. <laughs> I think I think we probably should end the podcast now because. <laughs> Yep, we're getting we're getting places right. So, I'm extending a big thanks to our podcast listeners. You're amazing. You're great. I'm extending a big thanks to our Patreon backers, and for as little as two dollars a month, only two dollars a month, half of a meal deal at most major supermarkets. Definitely about I don't know a quarter of a Starbucks cup of coffee. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know how much they are these days. For a and tenth of a unit of gas. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> Probably about four minutes worth of heating in your house. Uh, you can you can sponsor this podcast. Sponsor. You can back us Patreonly. Uh, and the people who back us Patreonly, they don't back <laughs> us for the fucking grammar, do they? Um, <laughs> they are as follows. We've got Mr. Andrew Bimson. We've got Mr. Adam Yeomans of Chef Tone Effects. We've got Mr. Doug Christ of 37 Effects, of Masters of the Cinematic Universe, and the Just Surprise Me podcast. We've got Mr. Huge Erection. We have got Mr. Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups. And we've got Mr. Brian Gar of the Tone Jerks podcast and the Second Button podcast. All very quality podcasts. You should listen to them all because they are good. They are good podcasts that you need in your ears. If you want to catch me online, I am Mr. Budget Pedal Chop. You can find me at Instagram, at Facebook, and at YouTube. YouTube is the home to the No Talkal Tone series, which this week features the Behringer Ultra Chorus, which is a boss pedal. <laughs> it's a real boss pedal. <laughs> I don't think you can say that this week it features a Behringer Ultra Chorus. That is a boss pedal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using boss as like the 80s. Ah, so it's like it. a baller pedal. Like it's, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's banging. Really, it's really boss. It's really <laughs> boss pedal. Is, is it? Is it chorusy? It, I mean, you, you would say that this chorus is super. Real It's, it's super like Batman's chorus. mate. Hmm? Ba- it's Batman's friend's chorus. Indeed. Super. Um, Matt, where can we find you? Uh, where can we find you? Twitter and yes. Instagram, heel underscore Matt Q. Of and I'll try and remember to open Instagram between now and the next <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Indeed. Yep. There you go. So, from myself, Mr. Budget Pearl Chop, from Mr. Matt Quine, say bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. Woo. It will be a tatty bye. I've got night by this week. Bye. Bye.
what do you call a mummy covered in chocolate and nuts? Go on. A pharaoh Rocher. <laughs> okay. That's, that's better than I thought it was going to be. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> pharaoh Rocher. <laughs> Way. Oh, it's a good, it's a good joke.